Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Building from the Bottom podcast. This is Chapter 3, Episode 7, and a huge thank you to all of you for listening. So, where am I, and what time of year is it? Today is Sunday the 8th of December, just a few weeks away from Christmas. It's 20 to 4 in the afternoon, and I'm sitting in my student bedroom, in my hoodie and my tracksuit bottoms. In my normal spot at my desk in my bedroom with a few post-it notes with the topics I'm going to be talking about today. And so without further ado, let's jump right in. This week has been a really interesting week for me because I've really learned a lot about myself and the company that I'm trying to build which brings us really nicely into the first point in my post-it note list that I have on my desk. So the first point is break down the wall. Now, I did mention this in the previous episode. It's something that I kind of forgot to mention, but also something that really went deep inside of me and I really wanted to share it with you guys. So if you haven't listened to the previous episode, I will we'll give you a little bit of context. Every morning walking to work, walking to the train station to get to work, I listen to multiple motivational videos that I've stripped the video, stripped the MP3, and I only use the audio file. Um, and I listen to it in my earphones walking to work. And one of them is all about breaking down the wall and that everyone hits a wall at some point in their journey, no matter what journey you're on, whether it's entrepreneurship, starting a new job, whatever that may be, you will hit a wall. And it's a great video by Les Brown, I believe. And it really resonated with me whilst I was listening to that motivational speech. And this one day, I mean, I listen to this video almost every day and it just so happened that on this one day, it just hit me differently. It just caught me at a different angle and it really made me look inside myself and start thinking about who am I and what do I want to do in the future? And it was a massive reminder to me that I'm no longer a child that was locked in the back garden anymore, kicking down a door at my parents' house, trying to get in because some of my family members were playing a prank on me, I suppose. It also reminded me that I'm not locked in a garage anymore and my sister's not upstairs eating great food without me and that actually the position that I'm in right now isn't my past and that I'm not being held back from what has previously happened to me in the past. It doesn't matter what struggles I've gone through. That is not going to determine what my future looks like. And I knew this anyway, but on this particular day, it really hit me in a different way. It reminded me that although in the past bad things have happened to me, that is in no way, shape or form going to affect the way that I grow up and the way that I 
approach my future every single day of the week. It's not going to affect the way I make decisions. It's not going to affect the way or my mindset towards what my life is going to look like in the future. Because the truth is, if I become locked in a cage and get trapped by what's happened to me in the past, then I'm always going to be locked in that cage in the future. And I'm sure you guys will resonate with that because you just have to break out and break down that wall of your past and your past holding the reins on where you're going in the future. You need to take the reins back and, well, move yourself and create your own journey. So to end this point, really, just take back the reins on your life. You're the one in control, and I've mentioned this before, but it's really deep embedded in me that, of course, I was in foster care. And, of course, I've been through bad things throughout my life, but that is not going to determine where I go in the future and how I get there. It's not going to hold me back, and it's certainly not going to make me doubt myself and my abilities. I'm not going to let people hold me back from what has happened to me. And it's something that, yes, you may not have been through the same things as me, but everyone has had their own struggles, whether that was growing up, whether that's as you reach adulthood, whether that's when you're 50 years old, it doesn't matter how old you are. At some point in your life, you're going to have something bad happen to you. And how you react to that and how you use that to go forward really determines you and your character and your personality. And I've always described myself as resilient. And I think that when this hit me on that morning, it really made me understand why I tell myself and I tell others, if I had to describe myself in one word, it would be that word, resilience. Moving quite swiftly on to the next point, talking, um, taking and giving advice. I can't even read my own handwriting anymore. So I have quite a few sub points to this um, and it leads to quite a lot of the conversation around this podcast that I'm recording today. Um, this week has been really interesting in what's actually been going on and what I've been talking about and what I've been thinking about a lot and what's really been in my head this week. And I've mentioned this previous topic, well, this topic before, but I want to mention it again because this week it has came back and it's been harder than ever. You need to make the decision. And oftentimes, if we don't want to make a decision, we will look to others for advice and guidance. And yes, that decision that you're putting off is probably a massive decision. And asking people for advice isn't always a bad thing until you ask for two people's advice and they give you contradictory advice. Then what do you do? You're back in the same situation as what you originally were before you asked for advice. And if anything, you're in a worse situation because you now have two people that have said completely opposite things to you and it will tear you apart like pulling pulled pork apart or pulling the pork to put on that sandwich, it will tear you apart. 
And at the end of the day, the only singular person that can make that decision is you. So if something is tearing you apart right now, just think about that. You need to be true to yourself. You need to be true with your opinions of this situation, of this decision that you are faced with. And the truth is that decision might be a fairly small one, or it could be a really, really big decision. It doesn't matter the scale of your decision. What matters is that you are true to yourself. And hey, if it helps, grab some paper, note down all the things, the positives, negatives of choosing one way or another, choosing one decision over another. And then really go within you to find out what the answer is. Because the answer is already there. You just have to take that step. And yes, you might be nervous to take the step. I mean, it could be a big decision, but you have to take it at some point. And I know this isn't easy because I've kind of been held victim of this whole situation over the past week. And it's something that after this podcast I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be working and really looking at the planning side of my company which I'm going to elaborate on a bit further down and a bit later on in this podcast. So yeah, when you take people's advice, always take it with a pinch of salt. Always remember that your opinion is the most important opinion in this decision. It doesn't matter about anyone else. You're the one that's got to make that decision. So it doesn't matter if 10 people tell you that you should go one way and you choose to go the opposite. You know why you chose that direction. And hey, six months down the line, you might think, actually, I should have chose the other one. But the truth is, stop looking back. Because if you've made a decision and you feel like, hey, the other way might have been better, you will never know. And that's the reality of it. So put all your effort, time and energy into making sure that you make the right decision. And once you've made that decision, make sure that you put in that time and that energy into making that decision the right one. Because the only person that's going to tell you that it wasn't the right one is yourself at the end of the day. When you look in the mirror and it's dark and it's 11 p.m. at night, 12 p.m. at night and you're not with your friends, you're not with anybody, you're the one that's got to look yourself in the mirror. And that's something I've been thinking about a lot this week. What do I want to see when I look in that mirror at night time and I'm alone with my thoughts? Do I want to be scared and hide in a corner or do I want to be happy with the decisions I've made? That's what it comes down to. Moving swiftly on, I've been reflecting on my company a lot this week and its current position and the position I want to take it over the next six months to a year. It's now been about six to seven months since I officially launched my company. I registered it in April. I launched it in May. And now we're coming up to Christmas. And the truth is I still don't have any clients. I may have two companies in the pipeline, which is great, but both of them could say, no, we don't want you. And I'm completely okay with that because at the end of the day, they're making a decision for themselves and they owe me absolutely nothing. So I've been chatting to a lot of people, which kind of links back to the advice section. I know I'm kind of contradicting myself right now, but that point came on reflection of what I've been doing this week. So 
what I have decided that I should have done when I initially started my company, I probably should have spent a little bit longer planning. And I know that when I started my company, I was like, yeah, I haven't made any moves in a year. I have to make a move now. And the truth is that was probably the wrong decision. The move that I should have made was I should have planned more. I should have really honed in on who are my target audience. Because the truth is, yes, I want to target B2B companies, business to business companies. I want to really work with companies to make their own podcasts and kind of see where that goes. And I made two services. Maybe I should have really sat down with my potential customers and directly speak to them about what they want. Because, hey, you could have the best products in the world, but if you don't have anyone that wants to buy it, then you haven't got a product at all. And in this case, when I say product, I also mean service. Because if you're not adding value to people, then people are not going to want your service. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter if that's an individual person, such as a customer, or if that's a company of a million people. It really doesn't matter. If you're not bringing value to them, then they're not going to want you. It's that simple. Potentially, something that I would do if I had my time over again is I would look more into okay, what are my potential customers' pain points? And if you haven't heard this point before, a pain point is basically something that is currently hurting or something that a company currently is having problems with. Um, It's hurting them in some way, whether that's it's taking them a lot of time to do something that they could outsource to you, whether that's um, something that they don't enjoy doing, whether that's um, something that um, it's costing them a lot. There's quite a lot of different things that a pain point could be. And this area in particular has really been instrumental in my thinking this week because the truth is I know their pain points but I thought about myself first. I was putting myself before my potential clients and that might have been the wrong decision. I'm still figuring this out and I'm still yet to audit this to see how I can move going forward. But something I've been questioning myself with and a lot of people have suggested it to me and a lot of companies have said well do you offer this is editing as many of you will know my company is all about helping people make manage and market their podcast but editing is a really interesting process I want to get better at video editing, audio editing, and it's something that the video editing side of things I have been doing um, on things like my YouTube channel, and I have got experience editing video. When I'm editing video, I am also editing audio. 
so I can edit audio and I could do it for companies and that's the truth the reason that stopped me putting it on my service list the list of my services is the fact that when I listen to audio whether that's when I'm editing video whether that's when I'm editing a podcast it means I can't listen to something else such as listen to a podcast I enjoy or listen to um, someone's YouTube video in the background or listen to music. It doesn't really matter what the audio is. I quite enjoy listening to music in the background whilst I do work or um, listening to a podcast to build my knowledge. I can't do that if I'm editing video or audio. And that's a problem because I enjoy doing that. And don't get me wrong, I have tried adding audio in the background, but when I'm adding audio in the background, sometimes it can be slightly distracting from the task at hand, especially when you're editing. And so I put my own needs and my own wants in front of my potential customers, which could have been a bad decision. And I wrote this point down and I'm going to elaborate on it a bit more now. So I basically wrote down, should I do something my client wants if I don't fully enjoy it? And hey, maybe the reason I don't fully enjoy it is because of me not being, being able to listen to music or a podcast in the background whilst I'm doing that task. The only thing I can listen to is what I'm doing on that task. And yeah, I might not fully enjoy it, but from gathering a few people's um, advice on this topic, quite a few people have said, well, just because you don't enjoy it, that doesn't have to determine you doing it forever, if that makes sense. So the way I looked at it originally was, I'm not going to do it because I don't enjoy it. And at the end of the day, it's my company. So why would I start a company and not enjoy doing part of what my company involves. The truth is, you might have to do that. Starting a company, you're not going to enjoy all of it. You might not enjoy the accounting, you might not enjoy the admin, you might not enjoy the marketing. There is going to be an element in business that, hey, you don't really enjoy, but you will have to do it. But as you start to build, you can then either outsource it or hire someone to come and do that for you. And if it's going to take you to do something that you don't enjoy in order to get to that next level to a place which is significantly better than the position you are in right now and can help you grow and improve then why wouldn't you go for that and so it's something that i'm probably going to add to my services because it will bring a lot of value to the companies that I am currently targeting. And it will definitely help me when I'm pitching the services that I am currently offering. So that's a little word of advice for those of you that are either just starting out or you're moving into a new area. Something that I would definitely do if you're starting a new company is definitely to think about those different things that I've mentioned, those pain points of your potential clients or customers, those 
customers and potential clients that you are going to be targeting, go and speak to them. They're human just like you. Sit down with an individual company or an individual customer and just ask them a few questions. See what they feel and think would really be beneficial to them. And basically just ask them a few questions about, hey, if we offered this service, um, would this be helpful for you? If they say yes, then say, well, hey, what, how much do you think you would pay for that? And the truth is they will be honest and say, well, I probably wouldn't pay for it. Or they'll say, actually, that's a really good idea. I like that idea. And then you can start bouncing ideas off. And then you can use those points and go and speak to a different company, a different customer, a different client, and see if they will be interested too. And that's probably one of the best ways to get a real knowledge of who your target audience are. Because if you don't know who they are, then you're kind of going to be wandering around aimlessly. And it's something that I've been talking to my mentor about at work. And he said, it sounds as if I'm taking, I think it was a blunderbuss. Now, if any of you guys know anything about the world wars and guns that were used, this is kind of a gun that sprays in pretty much every direction. However, he said you should take more of a sniper rifle approach where you're targeting one particular person because he said, yes, it might take longer, but you are significantly more likely to get that client. And I completely understand where he is coming from. And that makes so much sense. So that is also something I would share with you guys. Just to ask them, see what value you can bring to them because there's got to be value on the table for both parties in order to really sign a contract off and to have both companies as being happy or the customer and the company as being happy depending on what your service, depending on what your product is. So you really have to find out what value you can bring to the table. That is the main point. Know who you're targeting, know what they struggle with, know their pain points. And yeah, those are the main things I would say to look out for and the things to plan. Moving on to the next topic. Um, I didn't mention it in last week's podcast, but this week's podcast I'm going to. So last weekend, I went to the first ever event of this kind. It was called Winter in the City. Now, if any of you guys are based in the UK and you watch a few content creators on YouTube or whatever, you might have seen a few of them mention Summer in the City. So Summer in the City is basically an event that happens on a yearly basis in London, the capital of the UK. And it's basically a bunch of content creators come together in London. They have meet and greets with their fans. They do signings of books and things. They sell their merch. They have panels, those types of different events. And then they decided instead of doing a one yearly event, the company did, they decided, hey, we're going to do one in Birmingham, which is one of the most central cities in the UK, if not the most central city. And we're going to basically do the same thing. And that's what they did. They invited a bunch of content creators along. I went along. I didn't get invited as a digital creator, which is what the content creators are called. But I just went along. I bought a pass like everyone else. And I just wanted to see what the event was like. 
really experience what it was like when there was content creators that were like lining basically they had lines and lines and lines and lines and lines of loads of fans and it was just really nice to see how the content creators reacted to that seeing them selling their merch and that leads me quite swiftly onto one particular content creator that my girlfriend's been watching for some time and i've seen her on youtube a few times um i've watched a few of her videos and at the end of me watching one of the panels on Sunday, it was a two-day event, um, Saturday and Sunday, um, I, I saw this girl on a panel. Now, her name is Molly Thompson, but usually she goes by Beauty Spectrum. And by the name, you'll probably know that um, she's quite influential in the fashion and beauty kind of industry. Um, and she mentioned really talking about the content creation side of things and so after the panel i walked up to her i said hi um and i explained that i was a content creator too but on linkedin and that i really would like to talk to her about just content creation really and how she feels content creation is moving forward and we had a really interesting 10 to 15 minute discussion soon after that and i'm now in the process of chatting to her on Instagram. And that's really great. She, just a bit of context of how big her audience is on YouTube. She has just over 150,000 subscribers on Instagram. She has, um, I can't remember how many subs. No, how many followers? I'm not 100% sure how many she has on Instagram. But anyways, she's quite influential on the platform. Let's just say that. And she knows quite a few creators as well that are of similar size to her and also people that are slightly bigger. Um, so that was a really interesting time to chat to her. It was basically as the event was kind of coming to a close, she was just about to go home and luckily I caught her um, and we had a 10 to 15 minute chat, which was quite nice. Um, so I just wanted to basically explain to you guys that you might see people on Instagram you might see people on Facebook, you might see people on LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, and you might think that they're miles away. But the truth is they're actually really close. And if you can get into the same room as them, usually if you can get to where they are standing, get to where they're sitting and just have a chat with them, most of the time they will be really, really nice and answer your questions. And it's a really good thing to do especially if you want to get to where that person is and now hey i don't want to really get into the beauty industry i don't really want to do that i don't want to get into beauty and fashion but the concept was the same i wanted to know how she grew her audience and her personal brand online and how she felt the future of social was going and it doesn't matter whether you are looking for a business influencer such as Gary Vaynerchuk or um, Ty Lopez or Grant Cardone. It doesn't really matter what kind of area you're looking for, but they are actually really easy to reach. And people like Stephen Bartlett and, um, and Gary V those types of people they have now added things on their instagram such as drop me a text and now i think that's extremely personal 
um, having someone's phone number on your phone and someone you can just drop a text to when, I don't know, you're feeling a bit emotional and you just want a bit of advice and support. I think that's a really nice way to reach out to them, get a bit of their feedback and their opinion from what they've previously gone through, especially if you're trying to get to where they are, because the only way you can get to where they are is really by asking them how they got there. And it's something I'm a big advocate of asking people how they got to where they are and then utilizing a kind of combined approach of having, I don't know, 10 people say to me, this is how I got to where I am and combining those approaches and using a bit of your own will, your own tenacity, your own personality, your own flair, your own preference, combining all of that and then making your own approach to get there because you could copy the exact things that Gary Vaynerchuk did and get completely different results. So you have to take your own road, dig your own path to whatever you consider success. And the final topic of today is temptation. Something I've been struggling with really since I got back from Madrid and well, I say since I got back, it's kind of also been since halfway through being in Madrid, really. Something I something I should have done in Madrid, yes, I probably regret it slightly, and something I need to do in the future is exercise. I need to get back to the shape that I was a year ago. Now, I never really thought as a 20-year-old, 21-year-old that I would have to worry about putting on weight because I've always been quite skinny and quite slim. I was on the verge of kind of getting a six-pack just before I went to Madrid. And I took my eye off the ball because I was really focusing on my company. And that meant, hey, I was trying new sweets in Madrid, chocolate. I was working on my business. I was like, yeah, I've got to work on this. It meant I was sitting down for like 90% of the day, really. I didn't really do much exercise. The only exercise I did was a bit of my morning routine, which involved a few press-ups, sit-ups, stretches, maybe a few taekwondo kicks, practicing, stretching, that sort of thing. And I should have been doing cardio. I should have ran around the block a few times. I should have went to a local park and did skipping. I didn't do that. And I should have. Because now I've put on the pounds, really. And now I need to try and work it off. I look in the mirror and I'm like, hey, I'm a bit podgy. I've never experienced that. So it's extremely weird for me. But I don't... I think the difference is between myself and what some other people will be like is that I don't say, I don't think to myself that, hey, I want to lose weight because I've seen a guy in a magazine that has a six pack and I want that. I don't look at someone on Instagram or YouTube and say, hey, I want to look at that guy. You know what I mean? And 
the only thing I compare to, which I've mentioned previous, is myself. I want to feel and I want to look body-wise the same way that and be in the same position as I was just before I went to Madrid last year. This time last year, pretty much. And obviously, Christmas is coming up. And there's going to be a lot of temptation in front of me. And it's something I really want to work on over the next year is chiseling this fat away to get to my core, which I was working on. And yeah. So temptation is quite difficult. Something I did kind of think to myself whilst I was in Madrid was basically if I put on the weight now, but put in more hours on working on my company in the future, I can put in a few less hours or an hour less on my company and work on losing weight. But the truth is I need to continue that whilst I work on my company as well. So I'm not too sure how, but at some point in some way, I am going to start fitness, start losing a few pounds because that's what I need to do for my own mental health for my own physical health and just because a part of me wants to. I just want to feel nicer about myself. I could eat a bit more fruits now I'm back in the UK and I could just be better. That's the truth. I'm not a perfect human being. I like a Jaffa cake or a bag of sweets now and again. Something else which kind of still links into temptation, um, and then I promise I will get out of your ears, is short-term mindset. Now, temptation isn't just the things that you see in front of you. Temptation can come in a lot of different forms. And for a minute this week, I became short-sighted. I looked at my LinkedIn and I was like, I've been posting videos, like throwing rocks at the wall pretty much every single day for the past two years. And yeah, I may have had short breaks in between, but I've been working hard at this. And why isn't it moving? And I am connecting with people pretty much on a daily basis but I just wasn't getting the engagement I wanted on my LinkedIn videos. And the truth is it's not going to come overnight. If I want, if I get 10 comments on my LinkedIn post and I want to get to 11, I want to get to 12, I want to get to 13, I want to get to 14. I'm not just going to get another 10 comments overnight, not consistent comments. You will get the one by one by one, by one. It's like building a house. You can't click your fingers and the house is built. You need to put it brick by brick, by brick, by brick. And for a second there, I started looking at the statistics and it's a part of me that I really disliked because I love LinkedIn. And I love everyone that engages with me on the platform. I love 
the whole ethos of the platform. I love the people on the platform that are creating content, the underdog content creators that have a massive influence on LinkedIn. But when you move to Instagram or YouTube, no one knows who they are. And I just love the platform and the people on the platform. And a part of me feels really guilty and I don't know why, because it happens quite a lot with some other people and I've heard people mention it for Instagram and things, but I just want, I think the whole reason I became short-sighted in the first place was because I wanted my goals. I wanted everything a little bit earlier than what it is going to happen. It's just going to take time. And yeah, I would like to be able to impact people on a global scale. That's what it's about. I want to really feel like I'm impacting a lot of people. But the truth is, to impact a lot of people, you have to start with the few that you've got, even if that few is zero people. You just have to work out how you get to one. And if you get to one, then you need to work out how do I get to two. And that's how you grow. It doesn't matter what the skill social media or not that's how you go and that's where i'm leaving today's podcast so a huge thank you to everyone that listens i love all of you and i really appreciate the fact that you're following me on this journey it really means a lot to me that you guys listen and i am thinking about running a competition or two so i don't know when that will be but it might happen at some point. And if you have any questions about anything I've mentioned on today's podcast, feel free to drop me down below. I've got all my social media down below in the description. And I hope you all have an amazing week. And if you really did enjoy this podcast, then feel free to give it a follow or download the episode for later or whatever. But yeah, a huge thank you to all of you. Review it if you liked or didn't like it. If you didn't like it. And if not, have a great week and I'll speak to you all tomorrow on the next Building from the Bottom podcast. This has been Chapter 3, Episode 7. And again, a huge thank you to all of you that have listened. Have a great week. Bye-bye.